Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for today's episode of TCCP is none other than everybody's favourite up-and-coming cricket journalist, Mr. Kieran McCarthy. So Kieran, first things first, mate, thank you very much for coming on to the, the podcast today. Promise it to be an absolute blast of a show, if I may say so myself, given the the tournament that we are covering in today's episode, mate. So I've got to ask, how's your day been so far? Uh, yeah, I've I've had a great day watching Twitter implode over the news that Ben Folks is not in the uh, in the Test squad for the Island series. Uh, and I'll quickly give you my two cents on it. Um, it can be harsh on Ben Folks while being the right decision. The two don't have to be mutually exclusive points. Um, I think it's harsh on him, but I think you have to have. Johnny Bairstow in and I think having him keep it at number seven is is the best place for him to be um other than that yeah it's been a good day and I'm I'm ready to talk about about the blast well yeah it's a fantastic competition isn't it to be honest Kieran it, it really is I mean it, it feels like two minutes ago that we were talking about the 2023 T20 blast and all of a sudden on the week of recording it's here which is absolutely fantastic. And it is a great competition. And, and Kieran, I always do this on the T20 Blast preview shows. But just before we get into the analysis of each of the groups and we go through our predictions for this year's tournaments, what is it about the T20 Blast which makes it such a special tournament to yourself, mate? I don't know, to be honest. Um, like, personally, when I was younger, I wasn't actually a massive fan of, of red ball cricket. I think, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really have the attention span to um, to pay attention for, for that long. Whereas the blasts or and T20 cricket as a whole, but there's just something about the blast that just makes it special, even though, you know, you can like Sky in the build up to the the season each season they'll they'll put on classic games from it and I just love watching all of them and, and I don't really know what it is it's just there's something about watching the blast that just there's a certain atmosphere that's just really nice about it I don't really know how to how to put it into words but yeah it is it, it's a it's a really good competition it certainly is mate I mean it's just so special isn't it and there's so many fantastic things surrounding the t20 blast which make it so special in my opinion. So, for example, the fact that it means so much to us as fans and the players quite clearly care about it, don't they? When you see them going out there and, and fighting for every single inch, basically, in some of these matches, it does get quite heated at times, but it's fantastic to see. And then, obviously, we've got Sweet Caroline. We've got Finals Day. We've got the mascot race. Like, There's so many fantastic things about this competition. And, obviously, it's now been over 20 years since the inception of the tournament in 2003. So, honestly, if if this year's competition is anything like last year's, which obviously came down to the wide in an incredible final between the Hampshire Hawks and the Lancashire Lightning, which resulted in the Hawks winning by a single run at finals day 2022 at Edgebaston. We are in for an absolute blockbuster of a T20 blast in the summer of 2023. And just before we get into the, the groups and we take a closer look at some of the, the major incomings to each of the sides in both the North group and the South group, just to give a little bit of context to this year's tournament, we mentioned about the start of this year's competition, but we haven't actually given you the date. So the competition starts on the 20th of May on the Saturday at Edgebaston for the first ever time. We've got a double header. It's called Blast Off. And in the first game, Derbyshire take on Lancashire at half two in the second city. So, Kieran, right off the bat, prediction for that game. Who are you backing? 
the Falcons or the Lightning? Um, I would say Lancashire. Uh, obviously, don't have some of their more um, explosive players. Uh, obviously, Liam Livingston, Phil Salt, Joss Butler not being there. But I think um, you know that the likes of if you Dane Villasers and you know Richard Gleeson being around, and and they, they've still got a very strong squad. Um, so I, I think kicking it off, I think Lancashire would be my favourites to win that first game. I'd have to agree with that, to be honest, mate. I I do think that the Lightning will emerge victorious in that first game on Blastoff. But I tell you what, Derbyshire have got a very, very good team, as we shall discuss. And they have recruited very, very nicely in the overseas departments, as we shall touch upon in just a moment's time. But obviously, aside from that game, the tournament opener, at 6.30, just a few hours later, it's a clash of our teams, isn't it, Mr McCarthy, as the Birmingham Bears take on the Yorkshire Vikings. In the in the evening game for blast off, so <laughs> I, I think I might just have an inkling as to where you'll be going with this particular prediction. But I'm guessing a Bears victory from yourself, Kieran. <laughs> You're actually not wrong. I do think Birmingham are going to win. Yeah, I don't think Yorkshire are, are going to be particularly fantastic this season, to be honest. Um, which I, we'll probably get get into a little bit um, further down the line when talking about it, the the squads. Um, but I think that. Birmingham squad as a whole is one of the best in in the tournament this season, and I think Yorkshire have, have been limited somewhat with with the outgoings. Um, and yeah, I, I I think Birmingham's is is a much better squad, and they should win that first game. Well, fingers crossed for us as Warwickshire fans that they do, or the Birmingham Bears fans as well. I should call us in the T Twenty blast, but I think that's gonna be a great game. I really do, and this is the great thing about T Twenty cricket. It is unpredictable. Obviously, on paper, I do think the Bears are stronger, but anything can happen over the course of those those 40 overs, I suppose, over the course of those two innings. So we'll have to wait and see, but I'm also going for a Bears win. I do think that the Birmingham Bears will kickstart this year's T20 Blast with a victory on home soil. But aside from Blastoff, we then have the quarterfinals all the way in July on the 6th and 7th. And then finals day 2023 takes place at Edgbaston on the 15th of July. So we've got a month and a half of excellent cricket. Personally, I can't wait. And Kieran, I think this is a fantastic place to to get into our analysis of each of the groups. And why don't we start first and foremost with the group which features both of our counties? Let's start with the North Group. And in terms of some of the, the major transfers that have taken place in the North Group this year, the Birmingham Bears have brought in Moeen Alley from Worcestershire, Glenn Maxwell and Hassan Ali are the overseas. And then Paul Sterling has come in as a supplementary overseas option until Glenn Maxwell comes into the side. So right off the bat, Warwickshire's recruitment over the winter was quite exceptional, as we can touch upon in just a minute's time, Kieran. But aside from the Bears, I spoke about Derbyshire's recruitments. They brought in the Pakistani duo of Hyder Ali and Zaman Khan. Durham, with the Ryan Campbell connection, have gone double Dutch with Baz Delader and Brandon Glover. Lancashire have gone for the New Zealand connection, which is very interesting, bringing in Colin de Grandom and Daryl Mitchell. Leicestershire have retained their overseas players in Vion Morda and Naveen Hack, but they brought in Sol Budinger from Nottinghamshire. Northants, this is also another great piece of recruitment. Northants bringing back David Willey from Yorkshire, a massive signing, a marquee signing, to say the very least. They've also brought in Andrew Ty and Ollie Sale. Not so brought in Shaheen Shahafridi. What an incredible signing that is. Colin Monroe and Ollie Stone from Warwickshire. Worcestershire have also pinched a Warwickshire talent in Adam Hose 
and have brought in the Kiwi duo of Michael Bracewell and Mitch Santner. And finally, Yorkshire have brought in Shamasud from Derbyshire, Matt Milnes from Kent, and David Visa has come in as the second overseas player. So, Kieran, first things first, who do you think has had the best winter ahead of the blast? In terms of those recruitments, in terms of the incomings and the transfers, which side looks the strongest on paper, in your opinion? Uh, Birmingham. They should be at least semi-finalists, I would say. Um, Mo and Ali and Glenn Maxwell are two of the best T20 assets in the world. Um, two of the most destructive bats and obviously both offer an option with the ball. Um, Ali a little bit more so than, than Maxwell, but Maxwell can obviously bowl as well. And then alongside the likes of Sam Hain, who's been in phenomenal form in, in each format for the last however long. Um, Hassan Ali, again, also been in very good form in Red Bull so far. Um, and I think has taken a few wickets in a in a friendly today, hasn't he? Um, and then, you know, the, the players that aren't even as uh, notorious, if, if you like, um, you know, the likes of Dan Mosley, Jacob Bethel, um, Paul Sterling before Glenn Maxwell arrives. It's the, there's not a lot of limitations in the squad. Um, and, the, you know, Warwickshire are going well in, in Red Bull. And I think that side is one that translates very well to White Bull with the additions that they've brought in. I would tend to agree, Kieran. I'm a little bit hesitant because in the past, when I mentioned about Warwickshire being strong on this podcast, it's usually backfired quite spectacularly. And in fact, I did mention this in last year's T20 Blast preview show when we got knocked out in the quarters for the second year running. So I'm not going to make any ridiculously outlandish predictions surrounding my beloved Bears in this year's preview show, but on paper, and I know cricket isn't played on paper, but it is looking very good. Bringing in Moen Ali, bringing in Glenn Maxwell, Hassan Ali, Ed Barnard from Worcestershire as well, Paul Sterling as that powerful, punchy, dynamic opener just in those first couple of games. Honestly, things are looking really, really good for the Bears. And in terms of another team, Kieran, which I've got to be honest, really stands out to me on paper. I'd love to know your thoughts about this club. But Lancashire, Last year's finalists lost in heartbreaking fashion by a single run to Hampshire, but you look at the recruitment this season, bringing in those two Kiwis, Daryl Mitchell and Colin de Grandom, two bona fide finishers in the T20 format. They've got a fantastic spin duo in Tom Hartley and Matt Parkinson. They've got a plethora of seam options with the likes of Richard Gleeson and, of course, Akiba Mood returning from injury. So, in terms of the Lancashire Lightning, do you see them as being a real title contender? in this year's T20 Blast? I certainly think they're a side that are going to make the knockouts. Um, how far they go beyond that, uh, I'm not sure. Obviously, on paper, it is a very strong squad. Um, as I mentioned, the, the guys that are at the IPL, Liam Livingston, Phil Salt, um, Joss Butler, one of the best top order, um, three players in your top order that you can have. And then, yeah, alongside, you've got, spin covered you've got your seam bowling covered and not just seam bowlers the likes of Gleason and, and Mahmood are genuine quick bowlers um and then beyond that as you say um Luke Wells and there are just a lot of players in this squad that are very useful in a T20 size so I certainly think that they should be a side that are reaching the knockouts yeah 100% I'd be absolutely shocked if Lanks aren't top two in the North group, something's gone wrong. Because you look at that side on paper, and they are just ridiculously stacked, aren't they? Bringing in Livingston and Phil Salt as well. 
into the mix alongside those finishes in Mitchell and de Grandom. Goodness me, that Lanx team does look like a tour de force in this year's T20 Blast. But uh, aside from the out-and-out favourites, I suppose, Kieran, which I suppose on paper is the Bears and the Lightning in the North Group this season, this is a really interesting category, which I always love bringing up on the preview shows. But who do you think could be a dark horse in the North Group this year? Who's the team which maybe aren't necessarily strong contenders in a lot of people's minds, but have the potential to maybe produce some shockwaves in this year's competition? Well, I would say knots, but I think a lot of people would assume that knots are going to be quite a good side. Um, but beyond knots, because uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the addition of Shaheen sort of ties up very nicely alongside the players that they've, they've already got. You know, you, you're, um, you're Alex Hales and you're Joe Clarks and... Um, you know, Colin Munro, Tom Moores is a very good option, Ben Duckett, they've got a very good squad. Um, and then if um, if Ollie Stone is fit, I wouldn't envy a lot of people having to face a seam attack of Shaheen Shahrafridi and um, Ollie Stone. Beyond Knotts, though, because I think a lot of people will, will assume that Knotts are going to go quite far, I would say Durham, which might be um, a slightly outlandish one. Um, I think... The additions of, of Bastelader and Brandon Glover are going to be genuinely very useful for them. Um, obviously, both of which coming off the back of, of Ryan Campbell coming on board um, because of the the Netherlands connection. Um, Bastelader is a very useful uh, all-rounder and Brandon Glover is a very good bowler um, who whose bread and butter basically is white ball cricket. Um, and then alongside... The signing of Ollie Robinson, uh, obviously, was on loan there last season, did quite well, and, and he's started the season well in Red Bull cricket. Um, Bryden Cars, if fit, I know he he got injured in the Yorkshire game, um, so I've not actually heard whether or not uh, he is going to be fit over the next few weeks or not. And then the batting line at the likes of David Beddingham and, and Graham Clark, it would have been much better had Tristan Stubbs actually been coming and, and his deal not been um not been I don't want to say torn up. I can't I don't actually know the reason that, that he isn't coming, but um it would have been a very good side with him in it. But even without I think they're a side that could do well this season. I like that shout, Kieran. I really like that shout because Durham were one of the sides which I had down for that exact category. In terms of the whole Tristan Stubb situation, it's because he's been selected by South Africa Ray. So he's, he's going on the tour to Sri Lanka. So unfortunately, right. he won't be representing Durham in this year's T20 Blast. And that is a massive shame, isn't it? Because we saw some brilliance from Tristan Stubbs down in Bristol last year, didn't we, against England in that T20i and obviously had a fantastic SA20 as well. So I'm a bit gutted that we can't see him up in the northeast this year. But even without Tristan Stubbs, you look at the bowling attack, you look at the finishers as well. Someone who really goes under the radar for Durham is Liam Trabaskis. He strikes at over 170 in the final five overs. He's a bona fide out-and-out finishing machine. So, honestly, Durham definitely a side to watch out for. And in terms of the other one which I had down, Kieran, was North Ants. And I'd love to know your thoughts on this North Ants side because last season, they got off to a scintillating start, didn't they? We all thought they were going to reach the top four and potentially could have reached finals day given the, the prowess and the form that Chris Lynn was displaying in a steelback shirt, and then everything kind of just curtailed, didn't it, towards the end of the campaign. Given the 
the resurgence of this Northant side with the likes of, of David Willey, bringing Chris Lim back, bringing in AJ Ty, who was excellent for Durham last year. Do you think the Steelbacks are potential dark horses for the title this season? Beyond the sides that I thought or, or have sort of got down that I think will reach the quarterfinals, I think I'd got Northants at fifth. Um, I've not sort of thought about exactly where everyone's going to go, but just sort of like a, a gut feeling of the top few sides. I think Northants were one that if one of the my four favourites from, from the North group was to slip up at any point, I think Northants are one that, that could do well. Um, obviously, they, they've not started the season particularly well in Red Bull, but I think the squad is better suited for white ball cricket um, alongside the additions, as you say, of... Chris Lynn again and AJ Ty, um, bringing David Willey back, who is, you know, basically an out and out white ball cricket at this point. Obviously, he's out playing in the IPL at the moment. So that just shows you how much of a useful talent he is in white ball cricket. Um, and he's going to be a big loss for Yorkshire, but he's also going to be a big gain for Northants um, as a player that can open the bowling for you, bowl at the death, bat anywhere, literally anywhere, one to eleven. Obviously, he's not going to be. 1911. Um, he's probably going to be in the top three. I know he used to open for for Northants when he was there before he went to Yorkshire, um, and he was certainly he certainly bad three uh, one one game that I was at uh, for Yorkshire last season. I don't know where he was for the majority of the season. I assume he was in the top order. So he's going to be a, a very useful asset that's going to bring the level of their side up. And then Safe Saib had a very good season um, last time out. So if he can build upon that. And then the rest of the squad around, though, those are going to be big players. But if the rest of the squad can can be at their level uh, and sort of help those those, those four players that, that we've mentioned out, um, then they certainly, I think, will be up at the top end. Whether or not they will be quarterfinalists, I'm not sure, but they can certainly give it a good crack. Well, we'll discuss the predictions in just a moment's time, because to give a little bit of a spoiler, I've got North Ants. In my top four, I back them. To be honest, this year they've got David Willey as the captain. Fair enough, that was in quite controversial circumstances, wasn't it? We saw on Instagram Josh Cobb posting how disappointed and and saddened he was at the announcements because over the winter he was expecting to lead the side heading into this summer, and all of a sudden John Sadler has named David Willey as the skipper. So whether or not that does affect Northants, we'll have to wait and see. But in terms of the talent, the personnel, you mentioned safe save. In T20 cricket, that guy can play, Carney. He is an out-and-out finisher, got a fantastic strike rate. And in terms of someone else who I do think is going to play a massive role for this side in 2023 is AJ Ty. In 10 games last summer, he took 21 wickets for Durham. He was brilliant for the Northeastern County and what was a very disappointing campaign for the side. So again, I thought that was a really shrewd piece of business, bringing in Ollie Sale from Somerset as well a very, very, very handy T20 player. And then you've got the left arm wrist spin of Freddie Heldrich. So I fancy the Steelbacks to make a real charge for the top four this season, along with Leicestershire. I do think Leicestershire are another very, very interesting side. Again, whether or not they'll make an out-and-out title charge remains to be seen, but they look very, very well balanced on paper. They've got that overseas contingent who seem to perform year in, year out in film order and Navinal Hack. So... Again, just watch out for the East Midlands counties. They do look very, very strong 
in this year's tournament. And Kieran, just one final category we get on before we talk about the predictions is the surprise package. Now, this is a team which isn't necessarily a dark horse or an out-and-out contender, but a side which could just simmer beneath the surface, per se, and maybe could shock the, the English cricketing worlds in the summer of 2023. In the North group, which team do you see that being? Because in terms of my personal opinion, I've gone for Worcestershire. And the reason I've gone for Worcestershire is because of their recruitment. Bringing in Adam Hose was absolutely exceptional for the Rapids. He was the third leading run scorer in the entire tournament last year. Scored 557 runs and struck his runs at 160.98. So in terms of that recruitment, bringing in Adam Hose, who's been in the form of a lifetime, had a good time of it for the Adelaide Strikers in the Big Bash as well. Then you bring in the likes of Mitch Santner. I said last season they were crying out for a spin bowler in the T20 Blast. They've got one. They've got a reliable option there in Santner. And then Michael Bracewell, the very definition of an all-rounder, provides the entire package. So in terms of your surprise package, Kieran, would you agree this Worcestershire or do you see it being slightly different? What are your thoughts on that one? I think it would be remiss of me not to mention Yorkshire because I don't think they're going to be in the top four. Um, and there are a couple of players that um, weren't around last season that I think could have a, a good impact. Um, so, like, I've spoken to you off uh, off the podcast about Ben Mike, um, who's plays club cricket in the same area that I live at the moment. Um, and I went to watch uh, one of their games when my game was called off a few weeks ago. And he hit, like, 70-odd off 50-odd balls and hit seven sixes, mainly just, I think, five or six of them were straight over the side screen onto the road behind. Um, and it's actually surprised me that he's not been picked in, in the Red Bull cricket for, for Yorkshire yet. And it would very much surprise me if he doesn't get a go uh, in white ball. I think, obviously, the signing of Sean Massoud is going to be massive for Yorkshire. Um, and the signing of David Visa as well. Um, who's having a IPL renaissance at 35 years of age or however old he is, potentially older now. Um, and also, Jordan Thompson had a fantastic season last year, obviously hit 18 ball, 17 ball, 50 on, on finals day or something. Um, and I think if he has another good season, he could be in line for England white ball on us at, at some point um, because a death bowling option, um, left-handed batting, obviously very useful in international cricket. Um, and he's, he's a guy that's, he hits a long ball and he's got a very good slower ball. So um, I don't think Yorkshire are going to be up there, but I, I certainly think there are players in the squad that can make the, that can win games. If not, you know, every single game, there are, there are guys around in the squad that are going to at least hurt other sides. So that would be my pick, um, basically, just because I wanted to talk about Yorkshire. Well, fair enough, mate. To be honest, there's a lot to talk about, isn't there, in this show? Because each of the teams, let's be completely honest, right, in this year's T20 Blast, there's not a single terrible team. That just doesn't exist in county cricket at the moment. Every single team has got their strengths and weaknesses. And I know we haven't really touched on Derbyshire, but I'll tell you something which I'm really looking forward to, is the prospect of watching Zaman Khan and George Scrimshaw potentially bowling in tandem. That's just going to be pace, fire, electrifying crickets. That's going to be fantastic to watch. And obviously, Derbyshire have got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Wayne Madsen, the GOAT of Derbyshire County Cricket Club. So, uh, again, they're another one who last year were very competitive, reached the quarterfinals, didn't they? 
unfortunately did come tumbling down in rather spectacular fashion at the hands of Somerset's in Taunton. But they're a really good side. And obviously, Mark was well, a very wily operator for the Falcons in last year's blast. So expect him to do the business yet again in 2023. So, Kieran, I've got to come to the million-dollar question now when it comes to the North group. And it's the point in the show which, <laughs> for me, usually goes horribly wrong. But I want to know your predictions, mate. If we have to go for a top four in the North group, what are the four counties that you would select? I've got Birmingham one, um, not two, actually, rather than Lancashire. Um, Lancashire three and Durham four. Mine looks very different to that. So I'm glad, actually, we've got quite a bit of, of difference. So at the top of the North group, I've got the Lancashire Lightning. I think Lancs will top it. In seconds, I've gone with my county. I've gone with the Birmingham Bears. In third, I've thrown a little bit of a curveball out there. I've gone with Leicestershire. And the reason I've gone with Leicestershire is because they have been consistently under the radar in T20 cricket. I think they've got an identity. I think they know how to win matches in this format. And let's face it, if it wasn't for disciplinary issues last season, they would have been in the quarterfinals. So that is something just to ponder. And I do think I do think they got a very good T20 side. You know, they've got Aaron Lilly, they've got Colin Ackerman, they've got Rian Ahmed, for example. They've got Naveen Al-Hak, they've got Vion Mulder. They've got all of these fantastic options. And a lot of people don't seem to give them due credit. So I'm going to mention the Leicestershire Foxes in third. And then fourth was a toss-up. Fourth was a massive toss-up for me between three counties. So it was between Northants, Nottinghamshire and Durham. Because I agree, I think Durham could just fly under the radar. But I've gone with Northamptonshire. I love their recruitments. I think they've got an excellent, excellent middle order. So in terms of their finishing capabilities, I think that's going to be a place where they excel. And obviously they've got Chris Lynn, who is just a revelation for them in 2022. So I've gone with the top four of Lancashire, Birmingham, Leicestershire and Northants. And I'm locking that in. And I guarantee I'll be wrong. But that's the beauty of the T20 Blast. Anything can happen. And let's face it, the North group is always blockbuster cricket, isn't it? It's always a fantastic, fantastic group. We see some really compelling cricket over the course of the summer. And honestly, I think we are in for an excellent competition yet again in the summer of 2023. But Kieran, aside from the North group then, let's turn our attention to the South group. And let's start with the major transfers which have taken place in the group over the course of the winter. First and foremost, Essex not making any transfers. They've kept their overseas duo in Daniel Sams and Simon Harmer. Then Glamorgan, they might have lost Michael Hogan, but they've brought in Harry Podmore from Kent. Gloucestershire have brought in Grant Rulofsen, the South African batter, and Marshall Delanga from Somerset. Hampshire brought in Benny Howell from Gloucestershire. Kent have enlisted the services of the aforementioned Michael Hogan and Australian seamer Kane Richardson. Middlesex have brought back Ryan Higgins from Gloucestershire and Peter Milan, the South African top-order batter. Somerset, I think, were the standouts in terms of Southern recruitment, bringing in Sean Dixon from Durham, Tom Kohler-Cadmore from Yorkshire, and Matt Henry as well. What a trio that is to take into what is a very strong team in the West Country this season. Then Surrey, unfortunately, will be without the services of Kyron Pollard for this year's T20 Blast. But they've got Sean Abbotts, a winner of the Big Bash with the Sydney Sixers, who's been in very good form 
in Red Bull cricket. So, <laughs> again, expect Surrey to be very strong yet again this season. And finally, Sussex have brought in Shadab Khan and Nathan McAndrew. So, again, Kieran, the exact same question that I asked when it came to the North group. But on paper, who do you think are the out and out favourites of the South group heading into this year's competition? It's a toss up between Somerset and Hampshire, I think. Um, as you say, Somerset's recruitment has been very good. Um, and, you know, the signing of, of Tom Cole Cadmore alongside a top order consisting of uh, Tom Banton, Will Smead, James Rue's probably going to be in there somewhere at, at some point. And then you've, you know, you've got the likes of Tom Abel um, and Lewis Gregory a little bit further down the order. Um, and then, as you say, Matt Henry is a very good addition to that bowling attack. Um, and Hampshire, a very similar side to what it was last season, but with the T20 experience of Benny Howell, who um, offers you obviously a very good option with the ball, but a little bit with the bat as well. Um, and I think the overseas of, of Nathan Ellis and Ben McDermott retaining them Nathan Ellis is one of the competition's best bowlers and Ben McDermott, obviously a very destructive bat. Um, and, you know, again, that batting lineup with uh, James Vince and Tom Prest particularly, um, I would say one of those two sides uh, are probably my favourites. I'd have to agree, to be honest, mate. I, I really would. I've gone with Hampshire personally. I do think the defending champions look tremendously strong. And you mentioned James Vince. He was the man of the moment in 2022, the leading run scorer in the entire tournament with 678 runs with a strike rate of 146.12. Hit two centuries and 350 plus scores to boot as well. So expect James Vince to perform yet again in this year's T20 Blast. He just has a, a prowess, doesn't he? in this competition. He really is a titan of the T20 format here in England and Wales. And aside from the batting, with the likes of him, with the likes of Ross Whiteley as the finisher, Tom Prest, Ben McDermott, the power up top, the bowling attack, with Nathan Ellis, Chris Wood, Mason Crane, Liam Dawson, James Fuller, to name but a few. I do think Hampshire look very, very strong indeed. And you mentioned Somerset, Kieran. Right, in terms of their recruitment, this is a tough question because... We've mentioned the strength of the, the Warwickshire transfers over the course of the winter, but aside from the Bears, do you think that Somerset probably had the best winter in the T20 Blast this year? It's interesting because I actually think Sussex is two overseas, two very good signings, um, mm. but having not added a lot else, I don't think it's quite as strong as the likes of, of Birmingham and, and Somerset. Um, but I would say as two um, single overseas signings, those are going to impact Sussex's squad particularly well. Um, but yeah, I think just how Somerset's squad is now very well-rounded with the signings of Tom Cole-Cadmore and Matt Henry particularly, um, I think that's a, they've probably done the best business other than um, Birmingham, yeah. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I can't really disagree with that, mate. I, I really can't. So I do think Somerset 
in what was a very, very strong team to begin with. We mentioned the likes of Smeed, Banton, Abel, Lamanby in there, Gregory, Ruler van der Merwe. It's a ridiculously stacked side. To add in the likes of a Sean Dixon, a Tom Kodakadmore and Matt Henry, I think you just have to tip your cap to Somerset. They've been really consistent, haven't they, in the T20 Blast as well in the past couple of seasons, made finals day on both occasions. So for the Somerset fans, they will be hoping that 2023 is the year that they can get their hands on the T20 Blast title yet again. But aside from the out-and-out contenders, which would be Hampshire and Somerset, in my particular view, Kieran, who do you think would be the dark horse in the South group? Because there's quite a few to choose from. Obviously, Surrey look very strong. I think Essex will simmer beneath the surface. But for me personally, I've actually gone with Kent. I think Kent could be a very, very interesting side in this year's competition, because even though they've lost Case Armad, which is a big loss, he's been a very consistent spinner for the Spitfires in the past couple of seasons. I just look at that batting lineup. I look at that bowling attack now with Kane Richardson, Michael Hogan, Fred Clarsen. There's a lot of, of variety there in that trio. I do fancy them to come back a lot stronger compared to how they performed last season. So in terms of your dark horse, Kieran, who do you think of the team which we should just be keeping a bit of close tabs on heading into this year's competition? Uh, hmm. I, don't know. I think Kent is a good shout in terms of, on paper, they should do well. But I think a lot of people thought that last season. And obviously, they finished bottom of the South group. Um, and I think a lot of that hinges on players that should probably be doing quite well. You know, the likes of, we've spoken about it in Red Bull cricket. Sam Billings should be adding a lot to the side. And obviously, at the minute, is in a little bit of, of a run of poor form. Um, similarly with Jordan Cox, who um, he's one of these players that, that is very good in, in both facets, um, both red ball and white ball. Um, and he, he, in the 2021 final, was player of the match at like 20 years old. So you'd think that... Um, Ken on paper should be a very good side. Um, I think, as I mentioned, that the signs of Shadow Khan and Nathan McAndrew for Sussex, um, they're two very good overseas signings that will have an impact on both sides of the ball. Uh, obviously, both primarily bowling all rounders, but are all rounders. And Shadow Khan, when he's played for Islamabad United, has batted sort of anywhere from three to seven. Um, and hits a ball a long way. And then, you know, you've got the likes of George Garton, who's um, come back and, and played uh, in the winter. He went and played in uh, the ILT20, was it the ILT20, potentially. And then he went and played in SA20 as well. Um, so having played once for, for England in, in T20 international cricket, he'll want to show he's worthy of a place in England's side. So um, he'll be a player that's wanting to really impact the side. Um, I think the one thing with Sussex is it's quite a young squad, which can be good if they start well, but if they're on the wrong end of results at the start of the season, I think that inexperience could sort of go the other way. So on paper, um, they have got some very good assets, but it's whether or not those translate into results. And that is exactly how I see that Sharks team as well in this year's competition, because Obviously, on paper, they do have some very, very good talent. So the overseas, I completely agree, Kieran. 
I think Shadab Khan, he was great for Yorkshire, wasn't he, last season? And Nathan McAndrew is an experienced Big Bash campaigner for the Sydney Thunder. So they were two very shrewd pieces of business, given the fact that they couldn't bring in Rashid Khan for this year's T20 Blast. And you look at the the young talents with the likes of an Archie Lennon, for example, and George Garton. I know that George Garton's been around for a number of years, but he's still relatively young, isn't he? In in terms of the, the grander scheme of things, I do think they've got a very, very raw team in comparison to the Sussex side, which did well in the past. So, for example, in 2019, right, just to name one side, which has done well. And in 2021, I, I do think they look a little bit more raw than, than those two sides, which I've mentioned. But, again, as a dark horse, I think they're a solid shouts. And fingers crossed that Sussex do well in this year's competition. Unfortunately, it does appear as though they will be without the services of Joffrey Archer, but they will have Tamar Mills. So as long as he stays fit, again, buckle your seatbelts, folks, because Timar Mills is a million-dollar bowler to watch when he has got the radar in pinpoint focus. And talking of another side, Kieran, which, let's face it, are going to be fantastic in this year's T20 Blast. Let's talk about Surrey just for a second. How do you rate their chances? Because I've got them down as a top-four contender. In terms of whether or not they'll win the entire thing, though, I'm not entirely convinced, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But how do you rate Surrey's chances in this year's competition? I've got them in the same bracket, actually. I think they'll be top four contenders, but potentially not at the level of of some other sides that... I don't know, because the, the squad, as with a lot of squads, on paper is very good. Obviously, they've had a very good start to the championship. Um, and then your white ball players, you know... Um, the Currens, obviously Sam Curran's not going to be back immediately for the start of the season. Um, but, you know, there's a reason he was the most expensive IPL player ever. Um, so he's going to impact a lot of games for them. Um, and I know Tom Curran's been batting a lot better recently as well. Um, obviously, he offers you a lot with the ball and, and at the death overs or he can bowl whenever. And then Jason Roy coming back from the IPL you know what you're getting with Jason Roy. Um, Will Jacks has been in very good T20 form over the last year, obviously debuted for England and, and went very well in SA20. Unfortunate that an injury kept him out of the IPL, so he'll want to show what he could have done there. Um, got Sunil Narine returning, you've got Chris Jordan, who's going to come back from the IPL. So in terms of T20 assets, they're a very stacked side on top of the players that are already doing very well in red ball cricket. Um, and you mentioned Sean Abbott, a, a big bash winner, who another player who's a very good bowler, but can also offer you a little bit with the bat as well. So similarly to to Sorry in red ball cricket, they're a side that have a lot of options from 1 to 11, and it's the depth of the squad is very good. Um, whether or not they will be right up there, I actually don't think so but I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be with the squad that they've got. Well, you see, I completely agree with that because that's how I see Surrey as well. I think they're definite top four contenders, but in a way, I do think that strength in depth might actually be a little bit of of a negative as well for them because when you have got that many options, right, don't get me wrong, there's other teams with the likes of the Bears and the Lancashire Lightning who have got plenty of options to choose from, but with Surrey, you just look at at those spots, in particular the bowling attack. They could go with any combination that they see fits. But the problem is which combination 
do you go with? If you've got all your superstars, you can't fit them all in one eleven. So that is the problem. I do think the the striking of the balance might actually come back to to potentially haunt Surrey in this year's T20 Blast. But again, only time will tell. It's a very, very funny competition. And obviously, it's anyone's competition at that, as we've seen in the past. Literally, anything can happen. And that is why you absolutely love it. And Kieran, before we get on to our, our top four predictions for this year's South Group, just the surprise package. Which team do you think could potentially shock the South Group in this year's T20 Blast? Um, it's a tough one because other than the top four, there's a lot of sides that could do, but then again, they could be terrible and there's no way of knowing. Obviously, that's sort of the entire point. Um, I think Middlesex weren't great last season um, and the side hasn't really changed other than Ryan Higgins, um, but obviously he's started the season very, very well in red ball cricket and should add an element to both batting and bowling. Um, and Steve Eskenazi won the big bash over the winter um, and has had a couple of decent red ball knocks recently. I know the Middlesex batting lineup hasn't been particularly fantastic in red ball, but um, I can't really think of another side other than the sides at the top that I think it's going to be difficult for anybody to displace the sides who I think are going to finish top. So I think I would just have to go with Middlesex, just those couple of players I mentioned, basically. Interesting, because I've gone a little bit different to that. I haven't gone with Middlesex. I've gone with Gloucestershire. I think Gloucestershire could actually reach the top four. And I have got reasons for that, right? I think they've recruited quite well, just under the radar with Grant Rulofsson. He's got an average of 34 in the T20 formats, but he was also the third leading run scorer for my Cape Town in this year's SA20. And what was a very, very strong team, Grant Rulofsson really did step up to the plates and scored quite a few runs over the course of what was a very low-scoring tournament at times. So I think he's a really good bit of business. And then obviously bringing in Marshall Delanger, the extra bit of spice, speed, ferocity. I think he's a great signing. So Gloucestershire always seem to be in the mix, don't they, when it comes to the South group. If they can strike the balance early, if they get a few early wins on the board and just peak at the right time, I think they could be a dark horse, actually. In fact, I'd probably upgrade them. I'd upgrade them from the surprise package. (laughs) I think they'd be a dark horse along with Kent, actually, with the glorious Gloucesters. But I don't know. They just give me a feeling. I've got a certain vibe when it comes to Gloucestershire which I do think it could just be quite a good season for the men in yellow. But obviously, only time will tell. That is the beauty of this crazy competition that we call the Vitality T20 Blast. And Kieran, let's get on to our predictions then for the South group. Right, I think we actually might both be in agreement, although our our fourth places might be a little bit different. But in terms of the top three, Hampshire, Somerset, Surrey? Uh... I've actually got Essex third. I've That's got interesting. Fourth, but then I'm not actually too sure. But I think the top four, it feels like a bit of a cop out because Somerset, Hampshire, Essex, sorry, not in that order, was the top four last season. Um, but I just can't see any sides that are going to break into that. Um, looking at it now, I'm not actually sure between Surrey and Essex because on paper, Surrey's side is better than Essex's um but 
I'm unsure why, why, but I just, for some reason, I think Essex are going to do quite well. Um, and I've got, I've actually got Somerset first rather than Hampshire. Again, not really sure. What, I think it sort of hinges on. It's a very good side with some players that are a little bit hit and miss. For example, Tom Banton's not been great over the past sort of year. I think he has, obviously he has the potential. He's played for England and he's won a lot of, ga- a lot of games for Somerset. So if he is in form alongside the likes of Tom Cadmore, Tom Abel, Lewis Gregory, etc., I think they'll do better than Hampshire and I think they'll finish top. That is very, very interesting, actually. And to be fair, we haven't even discussed Essex really in this episode, but I completely agree, Kieran. I don't think there's actually much to discuss when it comes to the Eagles. I do think they're a very good T20 side. Obviously, the spin departments is a massive strength, isn't it? With Simon Harmer and Matt Critchley. But Michael Pepper as well, one of the breakthrough stars in last year's competition. I thought he was excellent. So, again, Essex definitely in the mix. But I, I thought I'd just change up ever so slightly because I did go with the cliche top three. I did go with Hampshire, Somerset and Surrey. I've put Gloucestershire as fourth. <laughs> I, I thought I'd just mix it up. I, I don't know why. But in particular, after the start of the season with the weather, Gloucestershire just seemed to be clicking. And I know that's in Red Bull cricket, obviously. T20 cricket, completely different beast. Anything can happen. But I don't know. I've just got a sneaky suspicion that Gloucestershire might actually punch above their weight in this year's tournament. So only time will tell. But Kieran, that does bring us on to the ultimate question for today's podcast, because we spoke about our predictions for the group. But finals day is, of course, Saturday the 15th of July at Edgebaston, right? And even though 18 counties are desperately vying for that immortal trophy, only one can lay their hands on English cricket's ultimate T20 prize. So in terms of your overall winner, who do you think will be crowned as the champions of the 2023 T20 Blast? Mm, I don't know. I'm looking at the sides that I've got in the top four and then the sides that I think are going to win the semis. And I've whittled it down to a Hampshire-Birmingham final. Uh, And now I'm not sure. I think... mm, This is genuinely very difficult. Um, I'm going to go Birmingham. I've confused myself with a lot of this, but it's just a... It's just a gut feeling. I just, for some reason, yeah, I'm going to go with Birmingham. Well, to be honest, I'm not going to disagree. As a fan of the Bears, I would absolutely love that. But unfortunately, I've got a lot of experience on this podcast. And when I predict the Bears to do well in T20 crickets, it goes desperately wrong. So I'm not going to choose the Bears as much as I'll be hoping that the, the team can lift their second T20 Blast trophy. I'm not going to make the official prediction. I can't do that. I can't do that for the sake of of the fellow Warwickshire fans out there. So in terms of the team that I've got, which is funny because I didn't have them as top of the South group, I've gone with Somerset. I think that Somerset actually could be a very, very strong team this year. And given the fact that they've got previous finals experience with this core group of players, and even with the guys that they brought in, obviously Tom Cody-Cadmore was a part of the Yorkshire side, which lost in the semi-final last season. I do think the Wyverns look very, very strong. And honestly, I can't I can't see them not finishing in the top two. I think they're pretty much a nailed-on top two position in the South group, and they should reach finals day. 
So I will go with Somerset County Cricket Club. I do think they look very, very strong. I like their overseas options. I love the domestic core that they've built as well. So yeah, I'll go with Somerset lifting the T20 Blast in 2023. But those are our official predictions then, Kieran. They are locked in. We can't change them now. You've gone with my Birmingham Bears. I've gone with Somerset County Cricket Club. So now that we've said that, neither of those two sides will win because that is the tradition of the County Cricket Podcast T20 Blast preview show. (laughs) But who knows? Stranger things have happened in the past. All I'm saying is if your prediction comes correct, Kieran, I will be a very, very happy man indeed. But of course, only time will tell. And listeners, please feel free. Let us know who your predictions are for the victors of this year's T20 Blast. Will it be the Bears? Will it be Somerset? Could it be Surrey or Essex or Lancashire or any of the other sides which are competing in this most brilliant of T20 competitions? Please feel free to let us know on our various social media channels. But Kieran, that is basically it for today's preview show. All that's left for me to say is a massive thank you, mates, for coming on yet again. Been an absolute pleasure. And of course, we do have the T20 Blast Cricket Draft Fantasy League, which you can find in the podcast description below. Love the energy there, Kieran. Unfortunately, (laughs) listeners, you can't see that, but lots of movement on the screen of Mr McCarthy there. And to be honest, I'm feeling the energy as well. I'm feeling the vibes. Even though last season went horribly wrong, and the county championship one is going terribly at the moment as well. I've got a good feeling about the Cricket Draft League in 2023. So if you want to join us by partaking in that, entry is completely free. We just do it for a bit of fun. You can find the link to that in the podcast description below. But that is it from us to here at the County Cricket Podcast for tonight's episode. To each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.